There's a Dallas-based company that has a lot of brands, most of them household names, that's really expanded outside of Texas. Now they're sort of refocusing back in and doing a lot of expansion in Texas. We're talking about Bricks Holdings. You know them more as Smoothie Factory and Red Mango and Orange Leaf. And the CEO of the company is Sharif Meetness, who joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. It's great to be here with you, David. Thank you. So these are a lot of great. And I, I didn't even mention Super Salad. I gosh, I, when the kids were growing up, I used to take them to Super Salad. That's a so. What's the hot brand right now? What are you expanding? Well, it, it, believe it or not, uh, everyone likes frozen desserts still, uh, and <laughs> hard, uh, especially in Texas. Not, believe not, it or not, not a hard to sell, especially in the summertime in Texas. <laughs> That's right. So our frozen yogurt brands, uh, Orange Leaf and Red Mango, are are growing, and uh, and smoothie is still a very hot category across the United States. So our our smoothie factory plus kitchen brand is uh, is on fire as well. You've really grown. I three hundred. You said three hundred forty locations now. 38, right. 38 states. Is this about, is this bigger than pre-COVID? Uh, it actually is uh, just a slightly above. So we've been growing recently, but, uh, you know, we've got 10 new sites that'll be coming online this year and uh, hopefully another 15 to 20 in uh, in 2025. So are these all franchised? Are there any any stores that are owned by, by Bricks Holdings? We do have a couple in each brand. So we have one uh, smoothie factory plus kitchen that we have in North Richland Hills, Texas. Uh, we also have a red mango in Frisco. And uh, we also have the Friendlies brand, which is more in the Northeast. And we have some corporate stores up in the Northeast. The Friendlies has great history. I, the the Fr- Friendlies ice cream and the Good Humor Man always struck me. I think I used to read about them in Mad Magazine or something. But but Friendlies is a great name. Has that moved west of the of the Mississippi? We're, we're working on it. Uh, we've, uh, we've obviously got them all on the Eastern seaboard now, a little over a hundred stores, 88 year old brand yeah. to your point. And, uh, we are working on opening the first friendlies in hopefully Dallas, uh, next year. I think it'd be a great, a great addition. And like I say, there can't be a better name for, you know, for ice cream, humble donut. Now that's a good name too. Is that growing? Humble donuts. Yeah. They, uh, we attach them uh, for some of our orange leaf franchisees. Uh, they also have the equipment to make donuts, uh, which pair well with frozen yogurt. Yeah, I would think so. So talk to me about the franchisees. There's a lot of, what are the barriers to entry for the franchisees right now? I guess working capital and having enough, but uh, labor's got to be a consideration too. Well, that's uh, that's the nice thing about a lot of our, our smaller brands. And when I say smaller in terms of, a lot of them are owner operators. Uh, so a lot of our franchisees not just own their stores, but they work them with their families. And it's it's pretty easy, right, to run a frozen yogurt shop. And uh, and so they're really getting past the labor issue that some of the bigger chains, some of the bigger QSRs have to deal with. A lot of our folks are owner and operator. And, um, you know, barriers to entry still is, you know, like any other time, interest rates are a little high, getting funding. Uh, but we work with those folks. Um I'm happy to say that a lot of our newest openings are actually franchisees that are opening their second and third locations, right? So they're growing with yeah. the brand and creating more wealth for their family. So some of these, I mean, it strikes me, you maybe only have to have one shift. I mean, you're not going to serve breakfast at Red Mango, right? You are not. So we uh, a lot of them open up actually early because they not only do yogurt, but they do smoothie, smoothies and acai bowls. Oh, yeah. So for folks that want to eat a little healthier... Frozen yogurt's a great treat. 
Um, and then, you know, obviously through the late afternoon period. So it's it's a pretty easy operation, and that's why our franchisees love it. You know, when I ask you that question, I, I sort of expected maybe the answer might be salads because it seems like salads are just hot. I mean, it's a hot item right now, and I've seen a lot of expansion uh, in that market, especially out of, you know, out of headquarters out of Dallas. There is. Uh, you can obviously, you can you can name them all, right? The sweet greens of the world, the salad and goes, the suddenly, the snappies. Um, and so our super salad concept as well, um, it's interesting because that's obviously a buffet concept. And everyone thought buffets were dead, you know, during the pandemic. Uh, but that actually, that brand has the highest growth year over year of all our brands. People are people want to come back and enjoy buffet concepts and our super salad, uh, you know, basically experience provides that. So what do you do when you have this many brands under the roof? I mean, you have I guess you've got something for everybody is 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 part of the idea. But then do you just hold on to it? Do you spin it off? It's not like there's Ruck, Ruck Capital out of Atlanta that actually buys freestanding outright and then eventually, you know, takes a public or something like that. But what's the game plan with Bricks Holdings and all these these brands? Yeah, I mean, our goal is to really create scale with great complementary brands. So um, we're actually not looking to spin off any of these brands. We're actually in the market now to acquire. Uh, so we're looking to add new brands to our portfolio because the, the, the key benefit of a portfolio group like ours is you can share all the what I'll call back office or shared service, yeah. right? I don't need a, a supply chain for each brand. I don't need a IT team for each brand. I have one supply chain team and they service all six, seven brands, right? So I can create efficiencies from a portfolio perspective. As I add brands, I even increase my scale, increase the efficiency, and then also increase the ability to support our franchisees and create more profitability for them. So do all these brands provision through you? They do. And so you've got it on an inventory. Do you have warehouse, big warehouse spread across the country or how do you how do you do it? Yeah, no. So we have we have basically a network, right? So we have networks of providers because as you can imagine, a lot of our product that people purchase, our franchisees purchase are fresh, right? So you have to have local networks, right? You have to have partnerships in all yeah. the jurisdictions in which we operate. And, but we manage that supply chain on behalf of our franchisees to allow them to get the best product at the best price. You know, I, I go back to COVID because maybe that's the standard. Everybody will always remember where they were, what they were doing, what their business was like before, during, and afterwards. But one of the things, one of the areas that really seemed to prosper in businesses like yours were ones that are in strip centers and had an end cap so that you could have a drive-through rather than go through. And they, the sense was that was always going to be the case. I don't know. Is that still, is, is, is real estate still very important? Real estate is critical. Uh, you know, it's 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 all about location. Um, and so we're very focused on ensuring that we're trying to find the best sites for our franchisees. To your point, the convenience factor was heightened during the pandemic, right? So having drive-throughs, having the ability to order digitally and pick it up, uh, people are on the go. And so we now, our, our newest store that I mentioned, the Smoothie Factory Plus Kitchen in North Richland Hills, beautiful site with its own drive-through, and that building does at least 50% of their sales through the drive-thru. What about for delivery through uh, DoorDashes and, and Ubers and that sort of thing? 
I, I, I remember talking during COVID to a lot of a lot of the companies, and they said, well, it just helps us kind of keep the doors open. We can't make any money doing that because it's so expensive to have somebody else do the delivery. Did that model ever improve, or is it is it still sort of a least attractive option? Well, I, I would say it's uh, it's it's an it's an option you have to have in the restaurant business yeah. uh, because the guests require it. You can't not do delivery, um, and the marketplaces, the DoorDashes of the world, provide access to guests that you wouldn't normally get. So, I'm, I'm not going to say it's the most profitable channel for us. Um, but it's it's it is still makes money and still drives top line sales uh, for our franchisees, and it also creates different occasions. So, uh, someone that orders DoorDash doesn't always order DoorDash. Sometimes they come into your site. Sometimes they'll pick up. Sometimes they will get it delivered. You don't want to lose any occasion from each guest. You want to be able to serve them how and when they want that occasion. You know, something else that I, I heard a lot about, again, going back to COVID that seemed to grow out of that, were ghost kitchens. And, and they became a very, it was a way to use space that otherwise, I guess, wasn't used. But I don't hear about ghost kitchens anymore. Is that still a thing? It, it's it's not really a thing anymore. Uh, and, and primarily because there is value in having a storefront. Yeah. You know, just having your brand on the DoorDash app and not allowing people to see it because it's, hidden in the back of a house of another restaurant uh, has proven to be very difficult. And so uh, at this point, it's it's not really a growth engine, uh, a great deal more in the sector, but people are still trying it. You'll still see folks out there trying to make it work, but very difficult. Interesting how we adapt. So the last thing, one of the things we haven't talked about, and maybe because it's a saturation, is pizza. You've got, I know you've got a pizza, a pizza jukebox is one of your brands too. Is that still a growth area? Uh, pizza, believe it or not, is always going to be a growth area, <laughs> regardless of how many pizza places there are out there. Uh, the American consumer loves pizza. And to your point, we have a great new brand called Pizza Jukebox. It's actually a robotic automated pizza making Get out of here. site. <laughs> really? um, so you can come and watch the robot make your pizza in under three and a half minutes, about the length of a song. Hence, Pizza Jukebox, and uh, we'll create a great uh, pizza for you right at our site. Is there a Frisco. Pizza Jukebox at North Tech? I got to see this. Is there one at North Yeah, Texas? it's up in Frisco. Uh, you know, it's uh, everyone can go up there. It's actually within a Walmart uh, off of 121 in Custer. And uh, come on by. It's co-branded with one of our, of our red mangoes, so you can get frozen yogurt and a great tasting pizza. Yeah, well, that do it. I mean, that overhead would work. I mean, if somebody wants a pizza at seven a.m., I guess, and the store's over, then you could, you could probably get it. Fascinating what you guys are orchestrating here, and it, it'll it'll be fun to keep up with the the growth. Uh, Sharif Medius is the CEO of Bricks Holdings and all the various brands underneath. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot for more of our conversation. Go to krld.com/slash/ceo. David Johnson. News Radio 1080 KRLD.